Welcome back to a cozy day podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderfully cozy day. I'm your host Taylor, otherwise known as Cozy Gaming Tay, and I'm going to be talking to you guys today about cozy movies that you can watch on a rainy day at home, just a day that you want to be snuggled up in a blanket on the couch and watch some movies. These are the movies you need to watch. It's going to be a very quick episode. Hopefully, if I don't ramble on too much, because I am very passionate about the movies that I put on this list. Um, would you expect anything less than from me? No. But yeah, so the first one on this list, I probably honestly should have probably, these aren't technically ranked or anything. I just kind of put them on a list, but in a different episode, I will be ranking movies. So that's fun. Um but on this list, I probably shouldn't have put the one that I did as the first one because I'm going to ramble because it's my all-time favorite movie. So I'm very biased. But um, my first movie I would recommend to watch on a rainy day is Thumbelina. Okay, guys, I was completely shook when I realized that not everyone knows Thumbelina. Like, everyone didn't grow up watching that movie. It's not a Disney movie. Um, I forget who... Who is it by? I actually don't. Um, it's by Warner Bros. Okay, but it's not. Uh, oh, oh, uh, it's the retelling of the Hans Christian, Hans Christian Andersen um, classic fairy tale. Okay, but anyways, so I was going to read a little premise for you guys if you don't know. Um, Jody Benson plays the Molina. Um, if you know of Jodie Benson, she is the voice of Ariel in The Little Mermaid. So, fun fact, they are the same. <laughs> um, and it makes sense because when I realized that, I was like, it all makes sense now. Because the voice of Thumbelina, first of all, they both have red hair. Quinky dink, I think not. But <laughs> both of their voices, like in Thumbelina, Jodie Benson's voice in Thumbelina is very different from how she plays Ariel. But there are similarities, and obviously the way she sings is the same. And the singing in Thumbelina, like the songs, is actually like, I can't. Like, let me be your wings. Oh my gosh, y'all. That is my bread and butter. Whatever that song comes on, oh my gosh. I like start screaming and singing along. And then the intro song with Giacomo, um, uh... Yeah, that's just amazing. But anyways, the bio about this movie is um, born of a flower and growing to only a couple inches tall. Poor Thumbelina, Jodie Benson, is worried she will never meet someone her own size. Um, she's the size of a thumb, if you didn't catch on. <laughs> um, until she happens to catch the eye of Prince Cornelius of the Fairies. Um, just as soon as she finds love, however, it's torn away from her when she's kidnapped by Mrs. Toad. I can't stand Miss Toad. Um, and now Thumbelina has to escape Miss Toad because Miss Toad's stupid uh, toad son is obsessed with Thumbelina and he's like uh when they're singing like let me be your wings um and like 
uh, Cornelius lifts Semolina into the sky, and it's a beautiful song. Oh my gosh, it gets me every time. Um, then the stupid toad sees them flying because they're tiny, they're little fairies, and he he looks up at the sky and he sees them flying, and he's like, "I love her, like I'm obsessed with her." And so basically, he's like, "Steal or the mom, Miss Toad, steals the Molina." from her home she's like literally this is how tiny Thumbelina is this gets me every time she's like literally she sleeps inside of a little her mom which is a human that's good to know her mom that's raised her is like a human like she's fully tall and full size and so she like keeps Thumbelina to protect her she she um lets her sleep inside of I think it's an acorn is what it looks like in the movie and, like, she obviously has, like, sewn bedding for her and a pillow because it's, like, perfectly to her little tiny size. It's so cute and wholesome. But anyways, Thumbelina has to escape Miss Toad's grasp and search for Prince Cornelius. And luckily, there's a whole city of animals willing to help her. Oh, my gosh, guys. One thing that gets me about Thumbelina, and I won't ramble on about each movie for too long because there are a few on this list. But, um... One thing that gets me about Thumbelina is every time I watch it, I see something new in it. And especially watching it now as an adult is so different from when I saw it for the first time when I was a little girl. But watching it as an adult gives me a different perspective. And there are so many lessons to learn from Thumbelina that I think every kid should learn and watch this movie. Because it's truly... Um, it's such a good, encouraging movie. It's a feel-good movie. Um, and there are certain parts of the movie that always make me emotional. Because you see Thumbelina stressed. You know, she's scared. She's she's literally the size of a thumb. Like, insects are bigger than her. Literally. Like, there's like a... What is he? He's like a... A flea? No, I don't know. No, he's a beetle. A beetle. Like, steals her at some point. And they all call her ugly because she doesn't have wings. Um, I.e. let me be your wings. And Cornelius is her wings. And eventually they get married. And she gets wings and becomes a fairy. It's so beautiful. But um, uh, she, there's one point where she's walking like through the quote unquote woods. Like in the whole movie you're thinking that she's like been taken to some far off place in the woods and she cannot possibly get back home um or see it but there's one part of the movie where they pan up from where you see some Belina interacting with Mr. Beetle in the woods and you see them kind of in this foresty area and you see all this tall grass above her that looks like super big so you're assuming that she's in this huge forest but then you kind of it gives the perspective back because you have to remember how tiny she is and so it pans upward and you literally see that Thumbelina's home is right above her and so basically all that time she's been for the most of the movie it's it's kind of um what's the word i <laughs> sorry i just blanked guys um it's kind of assumed that she um she's been basically in her backyard the whole time and she never went far she she's either in her backyard or she it looked like they're on a plot of land that's near her house so she's like in the weeds of like near her house 
And so that always gives me a nice perspective on life because you may think that you're so far away um, from quote-unquote home or whatever it is that you're trying to reach. Um, but really, it's right under our nose. And all we have to do sometimes is look up. Or, or sometimes all we need is someone to be our wings and help us get to where we need to go because we can't see it ourselves. But sometimes people have eyes to see that we don't. Um, and so that's just a little random encouraging tidbit for you guys today to remember that even if you can't see your goal in sight, um, sometimes it's right under your nose and you just have to look a bit harder. But anyways, <laughs> I went on a rant, but the next movie on this list is 10 Things I Hate About You. Guys, this is a classic, a classic. I literally watch it all the time on Disney+. Plus. Um, I'm going to read the premise. Um, I pulled it up. Sorry, guys. I literally like him so... I have like a little bit of a cough, but excuse me. Okay, I took a little cough there. <laughs> so the next movie on this list is 10 Things I Hate About You. And the premise is the film follows new student Cameron, who is smitten with Bianca. And in order to get around her father's strict rules on dating, attempts to get... Um, bad boy Patrick um which is Heath Ledger rip um to date Bianca's antisocial sister Kat um the film is named after a poem Kat writes about her romance with Patrick um so 10 things I hate about you it's such a beautiful movie and it's such like a classic like it's such a like mindless kind of movie that you can kind of just watch which I really love because it kind of reminds me of just like, it's just a classic. It came out in 1999. So it's just a classic, that era kind of movie, um, rom-com. And it's so sweet because the whole premise for the beginning of the movie, it's kind of a slow burn, I would say. But that's what makes it so charming is that you're really following the sister because you're following it through the eyes of, I forgot the character's name. What was his name? Cameron. Um, you're kind of following his perspective of how he's overly romanticizing this girl, Bianca, at his new school. And um, you kind of get an insight into why he likes her because he seems to like her because um, she seems so pure and sweet. Um, but as he gets to know her more, he... I feel like when I first watched the movie, I was kind of turned off by the character of Cameron. I don't know why that was, and I still can't put my finger on it. But I think it was just because, first of all, the person that, the actor that plays Cameron is Gordon. Um, I never know, is it Levitt? Levitt? Um, but anyways, he, I guess because he's up against such a powerhouse of an actor as Heath was... Um, it's hard to match that energy. And I think as a kid, when I first watched the movie, I was kind of turned off by Cameron's character for that reason, because I was automatically just in love with Heath Ledger. I mean, who wasn't, especially during that era, like he was the it guy 
during those like rom-com kind of era um and so yeah it was I mean Heath Ledger during the 90s was just a it was a moment (laughs) but um like just I guess because you had such a powerhouse of actors in that movie and having the romance between Kat and um Patrick um is so memorable and you barely actually remember at least I don't like I barely remember the romance between Bianca and Cameron as it gets towards the end I can't remember I think they do end up end up together in the end I think I remember him kissing her but I don't remember if like they were like in game but either way um that movie just took me through my feels. I mean, it always does. It's such a great movie and it has iconic scenes like Heath on the bleachers um, singing to her. That's like an iconic scene in the movie that you've probably seen. So yeah, it's just a very cozy movie I would recommend to watch on a rainy day. So the next movie on this list is also an all-time favorite. I'm just going to say that about every movie on this list. is Tangled. Um, Tangled is such a classic. Um, I would consider it a classic now. I don't know if you do. I mean, it only came out in 2010, which is crazy to think about. What is that? That is 2023. It came out, what is that, 13 years? I don't know if I completely did the math wrong there. But anyways, (laughs) um, but yeah, like, it came out in 2010, um, so, I just, I feel like Tangle is a classic at this point. I mean, I feel like it's been enough years, and it's such a good Disney movie. So, if you don't know what Tangled is, which I highly doubt, but if you don't, it tells the story of Rapunzel, who is a lost young princess with magical long blonde hair, flower gleam and glow, I just had to, <laughs> who yearns to leave her secluded tower um, that this creepy freaking mother gothel has locked her up in um yeah and she accepts the aid of an intruder to take her out in the world which she has never seen that is the bio on google but i'm gonna give my own bio that i think will be a bit better because that didn't really make sense but basically rapunzel is a princess um in this world um who basically she's been stolen as a baby from her parents who are the king and queen and um they've been for years it's her 16th or no is it her it's her 18th birthday i believe in the movie um and basically on her birthday each year there are she thinks it's stars in the beginning of beginning of the movie and she keeps saying that like I just want to go out and see the stars. That's all I want for my birthday. Um, Like to be able to actually see it. Because she can see what looks like stars. Super big stars. From her window of her secluded tower. That she has been locked in. And it's super tall. And this is a tower that. um, The mother Gothel. Is basically a very old woman. It's alluded to. That she is um, super, super old. We don't know how old Mother Gothel actually is, I don't believe. But it's assumed that she's probably hundreds and hundreds of years old. Because, or at least, yeah. Like, because in the end of the movie, um, spoiler. But in the end of the movie, when she, um, Mother Gothel gets thrown out the window of the tower by Rapunzel's chameleon. 
um, he like pulls on her leg and she falls out the window. She falls to the bottom of the tower and turns into dust. So it's kind of alluded to that she's super old. And basically the reason that she stole Rapunzel from a baby was because of her long magical blonde hair. That um, whenever Rapunzel sings, um, flower gleam and glow, let your power shine, let make the clock reverse, bring back what once was mine. It basically is a song that allows Rapunzel to basically take back time of whoever has her hair. Like she basically at one point wraps her hair around Flynn Rider, who is her love interest, um, who allows her to see the stars on her birthday and get her out of this out of this tower she's been trapped in all her life. Um, but she, um, what was I saying? Sorry. <laughs> she basically has been stolen by Mother Gothel because of her long magical blonde hair. And that is because her magical blonde hair can heal people and heal things. Um, at one point she wraps it around Flynn Rider's hand and it heals his cut completely. Um, like it was never there. And so that is alluded to why Mother Gothel has been able to stay so young. And um, yeah, because the power of Rapunzel's hair keeps her alive, basically, and keeps her young and looking youthful. And so that's why she turns to dust in the end, because she does not have that power in her anymore. Um, yeah. And, because, and I also think it's also because at some point, I think oh, it was in the end of the movie. It's super sad. Like in the ending of the movie, we think Flynn's going to die. He's just trying to save Rapunzel. And Mother Gothel is about to like um, trap her in the tower again. But like she's going to like lock her basically in the t like in a cage or something. And never let her out. Only let her out to like use her hair basically. Basically being a slave. <laughs> and uh, uh, Rapunzel's like refusing it, of course. And Flynn Rider gets a piece of glass from a broken mirror and cuts Rapunzel's hair off. And so it all turns brown and shrinks. Now, that part as a kid always upset me. Because I was like, no, like, oh my god. Like, what, what is going to happen? Because... Like, I understand what he was trying to do. He was trying to save her life, obviously. Um, because uh, I think uh, the queen, or not the queen, Mother Gothel, had the, um, she had Rapunzel's hair in her hand or something, I think. Like, trying to grab her. And then when he cut her hair, she, yeah, she, like, lost all the age or whatever. <laughs> But, like, that always made me so upset as a kid. I was like, why didn't she just, um, uh, why didn't he just cut off a tiny piece of her hair? Because he knows that it doesn't grow back. It does, it's shown in the beginning of the movie that the hair doesn't grow back. Um, and so that always made me upset because I, I understood why he did it because it's like she's finally free of this burden, basically, that's been on her all her life. Like, the magical hair was amazing, but also it was a huge burden for her because, you know, she was always tripping on it and, um, you know, people were always wanting to steal it and take it for themselves and all of that. And so I understand why he did it because he loves her and he wanted to protect her. So getting rid of what the only thing that Mother Gothel wanted from her was the only way to save her. So I understand that. But it was just upsetting. Like, I remember as a kid seeing her with, like, her chopped off, 
not even nicely cut <laughs> brunette hair. But then, of course, Flynn being Flynn makes it adorable. And he's like, I'm into brunettes. <laughs> but like, oh my gosh, I had such a crush on Flynn Rider as a kid. Honestly, like who didn't? But anyways, I'm rambling too much. So the next movie on the list is Doctor Strange. This is kind of a random addition compared to the movies that I do have on this list. Um, because it's not as, I guess, cozy as the rest of the movies. But personally, okay, personally, <laughs> hear me out. Doctor Strange is such a cozy movie for me. I don't know why. Since the first time I saw it, I was captivated, okay? Benedict Cumberbatch is everything, okay? <laughs> but um, basically, if you don't know... Um, and Doctor Strange obviously is in the Marvel Universe, um, so that's why I say it's a little bit different than all the other movies on this list, because we've got a rom-com, and then the rest of these movies on this list are pretty much just, like, old, kind of cozy movies, sort of in the Thumbelina and Tangled realm. But I added in Doctor Strange simply because I think watching, um, the first one, the first one, um is a very cozy movie. Um, I personally, I did see the second movie, um, the long-awaited second movie, The Multiverse of Madness, and it was very good. It was a very good movie. But the first one will always have a special place in my heart because it was the first Marvel movie I watched that felt like I wasn't missing something, if that makes sense. I don't know if anyone else has ever thought felt like that. But my parents are huge Marvel fans. I have a lot of friends that are Marvel fans. But growing up, I was always more into DC simply because I felt like DC executed their TV shows very well of like Arrow and Supergirl and Flash um, of like kind of telling the story's character from the beginning, telling it to me like I'm a dumb person, like like that's how I want movies to explain things to me. But I understand with Marvel Obviously, the comics came first, so a lot of people do are privy to that information. So they're not going to explain it to you like a baby. You know, they expect that you know a little bit about these characters, especially so far into Marvel. But I was so young when the first Marvel movies came out that, like, it took me forever to catch up from the beginning and if you know you know it takes so long to try and watch every single marvel movie in order i think there's like a few articles that like tell you the order that you have to watch everything in if you want to like watch from the beginning of like the beginning of everything but that's just a lot of work y'all and <laughs> but i said all that to say doctor strange was the first marvel movie that really um Besides Captain America, I would say, it really allowed me to feel like I was being introduced to a character that I was not familiar with prior to the movies. And um, it kind of allowed me to have a different perspective on Marvel, I would say. It, it grew my relationship with Marvel from then on because from then on I was able to feel like there isn't something I'm missing. Like I felt like every single time I would go over to someone's house or even in the movie theaters and watch a Marvel movie with my parents or something who already, you know, have watched every single Marvel movie there is. Like I felt like I would be watching a movie and I felt like I was missing something. Like it felt like I was coming in on a sequel every single time, you know? 
So I feel like with Doctor Strange, it was a nice change for me because it was the first time I was actually being able to enjoy a movie by Marvel that was just telling me the story, you know? And um, the premise of the movie is that Doctor Strange, Doctor Stephen Strange, is a neurosurgeon who, after a car crash that led to a huge journey of healing, he injures his hand, um, and you can guess he is a surgeon, so... Um, injuring your hand very badly and those nerves in your hand are very bad. Um, so basically he loses his career and he basically goes on a journey of healing to a different, um, country, I believe. I can't remember where it was. Um, but he discovers the hidden world of magic and alternate dimensions. So yeah, that's all I'm going to say on that in case you haven't somehow seen the movies. Um, but... Yeah, and the next up on this list is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Moving on to a totally different vibe. Um, I personally love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I know a lot of people love the first one, obviously, Willy, Willy Wonka. But I do love Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I actually, as a kid, was very creeped out by Willy Wonka, like the original movie. I think I was intended. I don't know. I think I've read so, trust me, I've read so many theories about Charlie the Chocolate Factory and Willy Wonka and everything. But, so I know that there are creepy things. But, um, basically the premise is Charlie Bucket lives on the outskirts of town with his poverty-stricken family. Guys, their house is literally, like, crooked. It's so funny. Um, his parents and all four grandparents, like, live with him. And... Each day on his way to school, Charlie passes the best and biggest chocolate factory in the world run by the secretive Willy Wonka. When Charlie's father loses his job, um, things go from bad to worse. And so basically then um, there's like a campaign going around that like uh, the, the chocolate factory has released these golden tickets where um, basically they're inviting all these children to try anybody to try and basically eat and and buy as many chocolate bars from them as you can to see if you'll win the golden ticket and if you win the golden ticket then you get to go to the chocolate factory and get a personal tour from Willy Wonka himself and so the movie goes into the different forms of greed I feel like like or, or the different um I'm sorry the the seven deadly sins um, it's kind of subtle, but it is definitely there. It's very prevalent in the movies. Um, if you're not aware of what the seven deadly sins are, they are, um, hold on, hold on. I'm literally trying to pull them up. Um, envy, gluttony, greed, uh, lust, pride, and wrath, I believe. Wait, one, two, three, six. I missed one. I don't know. But anyways, yeah, they're definitely present in there. There's a lot of greed. There's a lot of gluttony. Um, yeah, and the movie kind of revolves around that. So Charlie and Chocolate Factory overall, she's a very cozy movie. I enjoy it. I think it's a nice movie to even just have on in the background while you're playing a cozy game. I do that all the time with several movies. Um, if you don't really feel like, you know, if you feel like you've watched it a lot, I do that a lot with Tangle too. Like, I mean, sometimes you just can't help it. Like, sometimes if I hear a song come on, then I'll just have to start singing. <laughs> but, um, 
Yeah, so the last movie on this list is Alice in Wonderland, the original. Um, I feel like we should end on that because it's such a wonderful, whimsical movie that I feel like perfectly encapsulates the cozy gaming community um, or just the cozy community in general. Um, If you don't know Alice in Wonderland, um, basically it's based off the story of um, the movie is based off the book by uh, Lewis Carroll um alice's adventures in wonderland and it's about this girl named alice who falls down a rabbit hole um she basically like sees this white rabbit running and saying like i'm late i'm late and so she's like curious she's like why is this little rabbit saying that he's late like why is he talking why is he saying like it's all just like very curious to her and so she follows the rabbit and she falls down a rabbit hole and lands in a fantasy world that is full of weird, wonderful people and animals. Um, so Alice in Wonderland, the original movie, I do like the live actions that have been made with um, Johnny Depp and who else is in it? I forget. But those are really good. I do actually enjoy those, especially Alice Through the Looking Glass, I believe it's called, that came out later with Anne Hathaway. Um, but yeah, those movies are great. Um, but I do just enjoy the classic for the coziness factor. I think Alice, um, the, the live action and Alice through the looking glass was very much live actiony, I guess. Like, you know, you kind of have to pay attention more. I would say that the original movie is very good for just a cozy day at home on a rainy day. And, you know, you just need something cozy to watch and just have it on in the background and enjoy. So, yeah, those are my cozy movies I would recommend you watch on a little rainy day. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed, and I definitely rambled a lot, <laughs> but I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you next time, and I hope you have a wonderfully cozy day.